Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey friends, before we get into the show, a couple of announcements. One, Winter Cohort is kicking off October 24th. We're going to be running it through the New Year's, and it is cheaper than ever to join. I'm very, very excited. I'm bringing together 30 folks. Three spots are already spoken for, so there's only like 27 spots. Um, which sounds like a lot, but it's going to be filling up quickly. I have 11 calls this week with folks. So if you're interested in working with me this fall to work through your spiritual trauma, to create a spiritual practice that's actually going to help, uh, get your ass over to thekevingarcia.com slash cohort and fill out your application and get a call set up with me and I'll see you soon. Second thing, I am going to be in uh, in North Carolina for Theology Beer Camp happening the weekend of October 16th. You can go to theologybeer.camp and use offer code FAVANTS, that's F-A-V-A-U-N-T-S, to get 50 bucks off your registration. I can't wait to see you there. And I'm also going to be performing in drag there. So like you don't really want to miss that out. So come hang out with a bunch of podcast losers and spiritual weirdos like yourself in North Carolina for Theology Beer Camp. I love you, and let's get to the show. I am working my way through a lot of my TikTok friends that I have connected with over the past couple of years. And today I'm bringing you a conversation with my friend Garrison Hayes. We had this conversation a few months ago. And um, what I didn't recognize was that we were going to end up like talking about our dead dad uh, feelings and uh, what it feels like to grieve on these things. So this episode, as much as it is about Garrison and his work doing... um, Uh, content creating video essays about anti-racism faith and grief history in america it's he's just a brilliant individual we also really connected on a lovely and deep level about what it is to grieve a parent so if you're in the dead dad club or dead mom club or dead parent club welcome to the safe space we're glad that you're here so you know listen with that in mind um a little bit about Garrison. Like I said, he is a content creator. He talks about history, anti-racism, faith, and grief. Uh, he is a husband, and you can catch all of his stuff all over the internet at Garrison O. If you're not subscribed to his mailing list, you should also do that. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. This is my conversation with Garrison Hayes. A friend from the internet, hopefully, eventually, real life friend, because that's Kind of how I roll. Uh, Garrison Hayes. Hey. Great to um, be here. Thank you very much. Yeah. Guys. Thank you for deciding to come on and saying yes to a random stranger on the internet. <laughs> I came across your stuff because of TikTok. So shout out to um, the best and worst thing to happen to the internet, <laughs> I think, <laughs> since Vine. No, 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 no. Listen, t- Twitter is still... Twitter is still up there on like probably mm. the worst thing to happen to the internet yeah. just behind Facebook and then, or just like after just behind that is Facebook. And then just behind that is TikTok. Yeah. Is the, and it's, it's like Instagram, I think like neutral, neutral evil. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's a good point. I'll say this. I think I'm a little older than the demographic that Instagram is like doing the worst things to. Like, mm, right, I, think, same. I think like younger people are really, really negatively affected by kind of the image, you know, like curation culture of Instagram. And so I didn't I'm, I'm not on I, that. I didn't get affected by that. And I know several other people who are kind of like, you know, late 20s, early 30s. I, I think they kind of we, we may have missed that. So that's good yeah. for us. Terrible uh, for the yeah. kids. Though. 
Yeah, I'm in that boat because I was on Instagram back when they had like eight different filters you could choose from. <laughs> yeah. And I was just Instagramming whatever the fuck I wanted just because yeah. it was and it didn't occur to me that I was like, oh, nobody's reading my blog anymore, but people are looking at my Instagram. Let me just So it's like I'm still like, you know, blogging is still happening. It's just evolved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Same. But then again, like, you know, other people are using it uh to uh dehumanize themselves so uh, terrible i hate it here anyways <laughs> let's um i would love to know how do you introduce yourself to people D- assuming assuming the best they're not an asshole they're not gonna like you know turn on you they'll probably say oh that's cool okay so, like, how did you how would you introduce yourself to it like a neat person at a neat well-meaning person yeah okay that's cool um i'm garrison hayes Originally from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and I make uh, TikTok content around the themes of history and anti-racism and explainers. Um, And so that's kind of the way I would introduce myself these days. Um, Before this, I was a pastor for about five years. I was a chaplain, um, and I currently also work as a diversity, equity, and inclusion professional. And so I might say some combination of all of those, depending upon who you are, I might choose one and just kind of stay there. But that's kind of a little bit of everything. I've been married for the last coming up on three years on March 17th. Ooh, so what's that? Two weeks away, 14 days or 15 days. Nice. I'm very excited. Yeah. You still like it? That's good. I, <laughs> I love it. It's it's um it's challenging. This is what I tell people, like getting married is um very hard and it's not for everyone and it's Girl, who you t- you know, that's, you're talking to me <laughs> like, <laughs> not for me <laughs> but i will say it challenges you in ways that i think are, are if you marry the right person right that there's always that but like if you marry the right person it challenges you in ways that are incredibly important to your development and growth and that's been my experience with marriage so I'm, I'm still loving it and some days it's harder than other days, but but for the most part, I think it's uh, I think it's for me. Bang on! Like, listen, I am trying. I would love, to, like, in my imaginary delicious mind, I see myself in a long term coupleship that probably turns into a thruppleship at some point. We adopt, uh, you know, a couple cows, we raise them, <laughs> yeah, and like, well, how does it work? I'm just like, it just does, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. breathing. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you're out there. If you're out there. If that sounds um, appealing to you. Yeah. I mean, hit me up. I'm a nice guy or girl, depending on the day. Um, when, so I want to know, cause you, we touched on this like right before we jumped on the call, but just like you and I both kind of grew up in the kind of spaces that were just like, you guys, this is the generation that's going to bring about the kingdom of God and the reign of Jesus. Like literally like you're going to trigger the end times. Okay. You guys are going to do that. <laughs> And then, like, we're now, like, I'm, in, I'm 32 now, and, uh, you know, once again, my tree has blossomed for springtime, and yeah. I hear no trumpets in the distance. Right, right, yeah. I think, you know, like, I, I really love history, and so I have these moments, I was just telling a friend this recently, I have these moments when I'm looking at reading a book or whatever i'm like okay i can totally see why people thought that jesus was going to come back like at this time Mm. like things were crazy and i kind of feel like we're living in another one of those times um it's a loop baby it's a it's a loop it's it's but it it's a loop right like it's constantly happening and so i think a lot of people of faith especially like people like you and me who grew up being told this stuff all the time you kind of like get burnt out on it and kind of realize that that really shouldn't even be the focus, right? Like that actually um, is, is a poison pill to your faith if your faith is predicated on, I gotta get right and things are about to get really terrible. And so I shouldn't even really I care about right. what's I going on. I forgot about that phrasing. <laughs> I gotta get right with God. I gotta God. get right with God, y'all. Like if that's where your faith is really housed, um, it really can't grow and it will be entirely like kind of me centered. And that's really the kind of religious environment that I grew up in. It was very like personal relationship with God, very centered 
on how am I am my per, are my personal sins repented of and am I aware of the way in which I might be offending God as opposed to how can I be sought in light in the world, which is an entirely different orientation, um, an entirely different way of thinking about God and thinking about my role in this world. Um, and so that's kind of how I grew up. And honestly, in many ways, it kind of disgusts me. And like, <laughs> I do feel mm. a little triggered when I'm back in environments like that, where that seems to be the only thing like people can't pull their heads, like out of their own navels. And, and so I was gonna say asses, but you know, you know go off. that's, that's what was that's what I was thinking. But, you know, listen, this is a free space. This is this. Uh, I mean, I sometimes smokes. I'll smoke a J on the camera if it'll make yeah. me feel more comfortable with cussing. So. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I, I saw you made a, a, a video, you know, about that. And it was it was like spot on that, like that narrative, that way of thinking about who we are in each generation, like, you know, I kind of have this this issue with like what I call like the get out syndrome of the church, mm -hmm. right? Like there's yeah. this idea, like if you remember the movie Get Out, there mm -hmm. were these white people who were like co-opting black bodies so they could continue to like live forever as themselves and their ideas and their way of doing things would just perpetuate and continue on. And I feel like many church leaders are doing the exact same thing with younger generations where they're not really wanting to accept that change is inevitable and the perspective that younger generations have to bring to faith and the way in which the world is opening up for people to see and understand God in brand new ways. They're really just wanting for their old cis white hat kind of ideas to be perpetuated throughout and to live on in younger bodies. And they use manipulation tactics like, oh, you're the generation to carry out this thing that we've been saying for forever. Um, for 2,000 years, apparently. 2,000 years. Yeah. Only. Only 2,000 years. I must confess, I can't watch horror films because it's it just a lot for me. I did. I do, however, always watch uh, explainer videos or recaps to explain the horrible things that are happening and the symbolism behind it so that I can stay uh, culturally relevant. So I have, uh, I like, I like the concept. I just, it's just too much. It's like, it's like I can watch full on stuff about like, you know, not quite paranormal activity, right. but just like, Oh, there's a ooky spooky ghost or we're going to go hunt demons. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. dope to me. Yeah. Uh, but the moment you get, uh at people i'm like people on people yeah yeah yeah. like it just it's the line. i can also just yeah but also what's weird is like i'll watch like this is this is me ex, you know getting brave and vulnerable on the main i'll watch those damn extraction videos because <laughs> i'm one of those nasty ass people on the internet so like anyways getting back to the point at hand What's so interesting is about like what I see on TikTok versus maybe like Twitter or, or Instagram is that it is the, it's the young people's um, place, right? And there's just a lot of bad takes from these young people who are getting educated by undereducated white men in these mega with like with the same shit that you and I grew up with and or worse, yeah, probably worse if we're being right. honest, right? And I just like, it breaks my heart because I'm just like, what I, I, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, do you ever look back at your youth and you're just like, wow, that was stolen from me. I think, you know, I mean, I think here's the thing. I'll be honest with you, Kevin and say like, I think we're all I like, hope you would. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Like I better be, I think like we're all on a journey. And so I, I try to lend a bit of grace in every conversation that I'm a part of or every kind of like one of these things, like like even in anti-racism, I try to bring some level of grace to the conversation that people are really operating based on the information that they've been given. And there are some bad actors who are intentionally undermining the efforts for progress. Right. But for mm -hmm. the most part, people are just doing and saying what they think is right. And I say that in both, again, the anti-racism conversation, but I also see that present in the church. 
I, I look mm-hmm. back on like my pastor growing up who in many ways I think is very wrong about a lot of things like a lot Yo, same yeah, like, yeah, yeah can I like almost say everything but I don't want to go that far right but like really 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 close he's very wrong. probably like 90 no, like legit like legit like a lot and i want to bring a certain level of grace to even that relationship where i say he is saying he's saying the stuff that he was taught and that he thought that he truly genuinely believes is how the world like that's how the world works in his mind even though yeah. i think it's crazy that's what he thinks is real. And how can I level with that person or literally just avoid them, which I did for many, many years and just say, I'm not going to deal with that. But I'm also not going to bring like this judgment and like hatred to it. And so back to your question, like, do I think that there were a lot of experiences like I was <laughs> Kevin, I was homeschooled, right? Like I was a part of that. Yes! Kind of like, like I'm like, come on, deep, homeschool. You know I mean? like that was me. And so I think you're not a PK, are, are you? I am not a PK, and mm. I might as well have been. Like my dad's, like wasn't adjacent, all of that, and like oh yeah, same difference. Like we are, like you know what I mean. Like we're the we were the people who cleaned the church after church, and we came on in the middle of the week to make sure all the dust was gone, so that you know on the weekend, like church was mm-hmm. ready to go again. Like we were oh, there, yeah. we were church people, and and so my 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 point is like I do think there are a number of things that experiences that I should have had that I didn't have. Um, and at the same time, man, like, you know, like, what are we going to do? Like my parents were doing the best mm-hmm. that they could. Oh yeah. Was doing the best that they could. Um, and I think, I yeah. think that comes after, did you always feel this way or no, was, was it very, like, I was very angry for, for a time. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm in the same place now. It's like, I look at that time in my life with such unbearable compassion now because and once I do that for my, and not even for the people around me, but for myself in that time, I think the thing that keeps us in disgust of other people is the disgust for ourselves, like on a deeper level. And we're taught to have that. It's like, the, like we learn how to be shamed. And so once we leave that kind of shame, it's still like, it's still built in. And so we shame ourselves for the way that we used to be, even though we're not doing those things, it's just, but like sin needs to be punished. Right. And now that I'm not going to hell, I better do it now just in case rather than looking back on myself and say like, like when I, I, when people hear that I was a missionary for a good chunk of my my time, I was like, yeah, that's wild. (laughs) Like that Kevin, you know, me, I, at that time fully believed that this was the right thing to do. And people pushed back on me. Like some friends of mine in school were just like, can I, were telling me and i just oh no you don't understand like i did all the classic lines i was that guy and i thought i was gonna go to hell and i'm telling you people do a lot of shit to save their own fucking soul even hurt other people yeah thank you for sharing that with me i didn't you know know that part of your story but i think it's very true that people are doing a lot you know i my my dad um, who I, this guy was my hero for, um, my whole life. And he, he actually passed from COVID back in September and of 2021. And so it was very difficult. And I was thinking about how tragedy really brings out the worst in people's theology. Like when he was, when he was sick, I had to have a cousin in Atlanta, shout out, who, um, who was like, yo, I'm, I promise God that if he brings uncle Larry through this, that's my dad's name. If he brings him through this, like, I'm not gonna smoke no more. I'm not gonna drink no more. I'm going back to church. And I'm just thinking like, man, like, can you imagine like your image, like your picture of who God is to say that, like, oh, God is up in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Just like uh, I need the prayer I'm power, heal Larry. But I'm waiting for the right deal. I'm just waiting for the right deal, right? Like he's like, yo, like who's like, gonna? I need, off, yeah, who's gonna I, I, offer there, up their very soul, there, right? Like, is there is there is there Patron? Like, is who's who's making the best offer? Cheers to that. Right, exactly, exactly. It's sick. It's sick, and I want nothing to do with that being right. And 
in so many ways, I think people are internally, like maybe they don't have to get to the point where they're saying things like that externally and they're kind of like making these deals, but they're torturing themselves and and denying themselves of so many little things because they think that that's what's going to make God happy. And he's then going to do, they, they're then going to do the thing that, that they want them to do. Like, that's, I think that's a, a deeply held belief within um, American faith. And I think it's probably something that's been exported around the world or, or exists around the world. And, and so the mean things that you're talking about, like it shows up a lot, even just in the way we think of God. I saw this um, post. I think it was Adrian Gibbs, maybe. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But somebody on the Twitterverse was like, no, it was my friend Derek. Derek was like, I just had this realization that like, for a long time, I was trying to discern the will of God. I was trying to figure out what does God want me to do? I'm just constantly listening. What does God want me to do? If I better do the right thing, I better do the right thing. And so, and then when he left that, like he was still trying to do that, like trying to make sure I'm doing the right thing, trying to make sure I'm doing the right thing so that I don't do the wrong thing rather than realize um, there's a line from A Course in Miracles that I love. It says, blessed is the one who realizes the will of God is but their own. Mm. To realize that at the core of who you are is just you want to, at least for me, I think it's just like, I want to be happy. And I think that's God's will too. Yeah. yeah. And that idea has become really helpful for me rather than constantly trying to discern like my purpose or my calling, especially like when you, I thought I was supposed to be a fucking missionary <laughs> and like, a, and like a word, of course, like worship leader, of course, like, like she's got the glamor for it, but just not, just not the theology for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you, where did you go as a missionary? I'm very curious. I went to Albania, Serbia, Romania, India, uh, Nepal, Thailand. I also had a small stint in uh, Burma, also known as Myanmar. Yeah. Uh, And uh, also, we went on a three day road trip to Greece because for Jesus? I'm not mad. Um, I mean, honestly, it was one of the most beautiful trips I've ever taken in my life. I'll probably never get one again. Actually, no, I'm going to take one next year. I'm going to yeah. go to the same fucking beach in Greece. Yeah. I'm going to claim that. that. Do that. Um, sorry if that triggered anybody by me. Fake tongues. Um, but yeah, I, I did this thing called the World Race. It's 11 months to 11 countries through an organization called Adventures and Missions. And when I tell you, oh, God scam of scams Hmm. in many way like i just look i'm just like what did what was i do what were we doing Hmm. nothing nothing Mm -hmm. nothing important taking jobs from locals traumatizing Mm. babies when we held them for a month and then left i don't know Mm. Mm. wow it's like the ultimate short-term mission trip like a series of them 11 short-term mission trips wow so you never get too bored. Right. And it was it was very but then like there's those of us like I got into the middle of like well like middle of month 3 I got really really sick and then things started clicking but then I had a panic attack that someone told me was a demonic attack. Mm. And I was like, "Oh, so I stayed until I got to the middle of month 7 and wanted to uh unalive myself mm. and I was like that's a sign. Mm. I should, I should go. Mm-hmm. I should go home now. And then they made me buy my own ticket home. It was oh, bullshit. Oh my god! Oh my I'm like, god. how is it that these two people who had sex on the mission field get you pay for them to go home, but me having a mental health crisis, I have to fork over the money? Oh my god! I still haven't paid off that credit card bill. Are you serious? Because of how my life has gone since being a missionary, we're getting close though. Okay. People, people, supporters of a tiny revolution. I think you have your marching orders. Like, <laughs> like can can Kevin like be debt free, please? I, I don't know. I'm, am I out of place? Am I out of pocket right now? I'm sorry. I mean, here's the deal. I will if, if there is a person or people out there who want to send me doll hairs to just help pay off my credit card debt. I'm more than happy to receive that, and I'll I'll even show you where I put it on my credit card, so you don't even have to worry. But know that like. It's uh, 
it's A, partly Mission's fault, B, partly my ex's fault, B, partly my fault, B, my dad died, and then I had to pay a whole lot of money for all that shit. Fault. Isn't it crazy? I'm going to say this. I didn't know that your dad died. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. Isn't it crazy that we like live in a society where we're all going to experience grief and likely death at some point and society is not set up to support you in any meaningful way with that. Not a bit, not a bit. The, the expenses of dying. <laughs> if you want to get, uh, my, my father was military. And so like finding the place and the just, and also like the, the waiting, like I did not go to his second funeral in Arlington. I'm just like, let me put you in the ground once where I'm fine. <laughs> The place that he, the place we did the ceremony was not even that nice. I'm just like, what, how, what are we paying for? Right. We could have done this in his wife's backyard. Right. Right. But if, anyways, yeah, it's absurd. And especially like when he died, I was in a relationship that I was about to leave working as a manager at a, like a barely making ends meet as a manager at a restaurant and then had to end up paying two rents mm. when I moved out. Like, mm. <sighs> yeah, like yeah and then also there's another thing that they don't tell you is that if you have to deal with like airline stuff and it's like why do you need to change your flight and you're like my dad died and i need to change my flight i was like <laughs> like people the person on customer service is not trained to handle, trained to handle. that I'm sorry it's that got zero. Liked. That's that's true. I'm sorry that it's kind of funny. Like that's true though. Oh, they are not trained. Yeah. The way I put it is there's two kinds of people in this world. There are the people who whose whom their fathers have died and then there's people in the dead dad club where we like sometimes joke a little bit about death because what else am I going to do about it? Um that's where I am most days. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, How are you doing? If you want to talk about that, sure. I don't, you don't have to. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind sharing a little bit. I think it's it's for me. It's hard. Like I said, this guy is my hero, and like, um, of course, in so many ways, you know, it's 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 difficult. I we we had this thing where we would talk every Friday. Like if we didn't talk, we talked during the week occasionally too. But like for sure, yeah. on Friday we were gonna have a check in and just kind of catch up about the week and, um. And I find Fridays to be incredibly disorienting. I don't, no one prepares you for just, at least for me, the depth of loss. I think, you know, as a person, you're getting kind of, for me, I'm getting older and all this stuff in my life, whatever it is, like as you just have these points of constant connection and maybe that's a parent, maybe that's a friend. For me, it was, it was my, you know, it was my dad is one of those like points where I know I can always kind of tie in. It's an anchor. And to lose that is so disorienting. Mm -hmm. And to feel like my wife and I just bought a house and we're like, okay, like we're going to make these changes. And my dad was a contractor up until he got sick with COVID. And so like he knows the stuff and like we had all these plans and he was supposed to come up two weeks after he gotten sick. He was like, we're, it's so disorienting. And to, yes. it was, you know, I don't know. I can go into many details that we're probably not here to talk about, but I'll say that. We can talk about anything we want to. This is our time. That's a good point. I'll say this, like grief is, is very difficult and everyone grieves differently. I had a period of time where I was really isolating myself and not really wanting to talk to people or have any conversation mm -hmm. with anyone. And, and I appreciated everyone who was reaching out, but I needed that time to myself. And, and now I'm on a different side of this where like, I'm trying to like be a little mm -hmm. bit more active and like, let me get my life back together and like all this stuff, yeah. right. You know, and like being on that side, um, but then there are still days where I'm just so sad that I don't want. And so there is no right way to grieve. And even though I've, I'm like, like, you know, again, we're church people. Like we've heard these things, right? Like, mm -hmm. that, like, you got to take your time and da, 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 all this stuff. Like you, you hear that and you learn that nothing about it is real until it's your experience. And so I feel it worthwhile to say over and over, like, take your time. And be sad if you're sad. The reality is that, like, what is it? At one point, it was one 
in 500 Americans have died from COVID. So that means that someone in your audience has experienced a distance or even a close death, right? Like you experienced this, right? Like we have almost all experienced, we all, we've almost all had the experience of losing someone to COVID and that's just COVID. Other people are still dying from cancers and heart disease and car accidents and all kinds of tragedy, right? Like that is still happening. So people are grieving and our society has not, I think the, the, the conditions of capitalism necessitate that we must keep going on. And the word, if we were, if I were to go back to my days of, of being a pastor, I would say that there's an entire book in the Bible called Lamentations. And it's my life because it is necessary and and important for us to lament and to just be sad sometimes. And so that's how I'm doing. I'm sad. And some days I'm less sad, um, but I'm always a little bit sad. And, and some days I'm really, really sad. And so I think that's OK. Yeah. And I hope that someone just hears this and knows that it's OK for them to, them to be in the same same place. Yes. When. Uh, when my dad died, I had to be back at work the next week because I had to. I had to work because I had to pay bills. So that hits hard when you said capitalism necessitates that we keep going. I'm just like that's such bullshit, and I hate it because like it took me over because of that. Like I don't think I really I don't know finished grieving my dad until honestly till I moved into this fucking house like. And I remember, like, it was, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. Like, we didn't talk for three years, and then he died. So it was just, like, the drama. But I remember, like, as I was, like, processing it, it was, I feel that same thing you were talking about. I'm just like, oh, shit, you were supposed to come up here, et cetera. And I was just like, I wish that I could show you that I'm happy. Mm. And that you were wrong. Mm. Mm. Well. I did not know that I was going to have emotions. Huh. But that's that's what's so... <sighs> yeah. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It's truly heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. I'll probably <sighs> be thanking you throughout the entirety of this show if I keep saying thank oh. you for sharing, but... <laughs> well, thank you for actually listening because, you know, sometimes it's a little weird to get vulnerable with someone you don't quite know. So I appreciate you... Uh, allowing for that. Yeah. I mean, you show enough of your life on the internet that I can't say I know you, but um, I think I know a little bit of your heart and like who you are and like the way you kind of show up in this world. And it's, you, you know, you're a beautiful person and um, oh. I appreciate it. It's just the makeup. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> like, do you see this <sighs> blush? <laughs> no, like, no, like, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. For, yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'll say, you know, my dad, had a a really kind of fraught relationship with my oldest brother. Um, he had him, they, you know, he had the kid when he was 18, right? And so he's a kid having a kid. Yeah. And all of the challenges of um, two young people, like not being ready to be parents, all of that. So he wasn't really in his life as, as much as he should have been. And, um, and he didn't make the effort that he should have made like to remedy that. And so they had these really deep issues and I will never forget something that like sticks with me. It sticks to me when I'm arguing with my wife, actually, it comes to my mind almost every single time. Or like when I'm upset with my brother, with one of my other brothers or whatever it is, like it comes to my mind that he's like, man, I can't even like, they had the kind of relationship where there were times where my oldest brother would communicate to me that he kind of feels like this, like strong hatred or even indifference mm. towards my father, right? Like he's yeah. had all of those emotions, right? And when my dad got sick and was in the hospital um, and really struggling with COVID and my, my oldest brother shared with me that he wishes, you know, he, he wishes that, um, he said he just wishes that they talked about it. He was like, I honestly can't even remember why we were upset. And 
<sighs> and I know that that's not everybody's experience and that's can easily come off as like trying to dismiss the pain or whatever it is. And I'm certainly not trying to do that. So let me be very clear. Yeah. But what I'm, what I am trying to say is that like, like if you can, I, there are things I wish I could ask my dad about. There are questions that I wish I could have gotten an answer to more than mm-hmm. anything. I really mm-hmm. wish he could have made up with my oldest brother because they're so similar and they're doing like these similar things in life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just feel really personally compelled to just share like, yo, if you can, if it's, if it's at all possible, like fix it, you know, like, and sometimes that's not on you, like sometimes yeah. on them. And so it can't be yeah. done without them being who they need to be. Mm-hmm. But if you can, yeah. Yeah. I will say, and at least for my. This is something I have experienced. Yeah, big and. My big and was, if you don't get the chance, it's not too late. Which, you know, call me a mystic or woo-woo, but just like, I am somebody. I don't believe that death is the end. Um, so one of uh, my friends, Diana, um, she did one of my first big tarot readings for me. to, get, And that was just kind of like my big dip into the, this world. And... She just like called, ooh, called out. Like, I was like, you lost somebody. I was like, ah. And then she told me to create a grief altar. And so mm-hmm. put a picture there, you know, put some water or something you like to drink, write him a letter, and just put it in some place you can see it so that you can just practice grieving. You can practice the feeling of being sad. You can practice talking to him when you need to. And so, like, there are moments, like, I'll have, the, I'll have these little memories unlock where, like, there's a young part of me that's mm-hmm. feeling something. And I'm just like, ah, Dad, you were such an asshole to me at such a young age. How dare you? And he's like, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was this experience I had in yoga the day that he went into hospice care. After I came, I was like laying in like the final corpse pose and just silently sobbing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it was like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> very. And also, the room is packed. It's hot yoga. We yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like sardines. And the woman next to me uh, just asked me at the end, I was like, Are you okay? I'm like, Not really. And she's like, Well, I'll just keep breathing. And it just hit me like in the gut. I'm like, That is the best advice that anyone could give me right now in yoga, in life. And that's my advice is a keep breathing. Just like, (sighs) because like, it's like this, like my dad died three years ago and there are days when it's very top of mind and I feel very tender and I do not despise my tenderness anymore. I don't despise my sadness anymore. I'm so glad that I can feel these things. We lost people. That's fucking sad. It's just sad. And we can be as sad as we need to be for as long as we need to be it. And we can be sad and still do the things we got to do because capitalism necessitates us. We are incredibly strong beings. And the best part is what I hope. And if anybody gets anything out of this conversation, I hope that they feel okay to be as sad as they are. Yeah. Yeah, because even me, like I, you know, I'm the kind of person who like tries. I love joy, and just also, just because you're sad, it does not mean you're not feeling peace. Because even even with this, I still feel so at ease and at the center of myself because I know that I'm meant to feel these things. Capitalism says no. You got to get back to work. You got to be happy. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to see that. Fuck what anybody else wants to see. (laughs) You know. I'm glad you said that. Um, I just wrote a couple of, I've been journaling a lot more and I wrote something that like, I didn't write it for just me. I wrote it to be clear, to share with other people, but I'm like, dang, no one wants to hear about me being sad about my dad. You know what I mean? And like, you're right. Like who cares? That's the truth. Right. Um, And I, and I do feel like people, I do feel like we all need an invitation to just be far more truthful with who we are and where we are. It's part of the reason, again, back to Instagram, right? It's part of the reason why it's like Mm. literally killing people um, is because they can't, they feel like they can't be true on the internet. 
And I'll also say to your point about peace and sadness existing together, um, if we're going to get all churchy again, mom. I mean, is he not the prince of peace and the one who weeps? And that feels very re- relevant um, to me yes. now. And, and I think to where we are as a world, I mean, thinking about even what's happening in Europe, it's, it's a lot of heart and uh, heartache and pain happening. Um, and we're, we're wanting, we're, we're searching for peace um, and we can't separate those things um, and, and allow for them to exist at the same time. Yeah. I mean, like I, not to do like a hard pivot, but I do, I would love to like talk about like what it's like to be a person who creates the content you do on the internet. And I would like to know both the most annoying part about it and also the part that you absolutely love about it. Okay. You can start with whichever you like. I'll say the most annoying part is that people want to have bad faith arguments with you all the time. That's probably the most annoying. (laughs) Like, like you know this. Yeah, you know this. Like, if you're calling out any system of oppression or any kind of like way in which we just do the way we've been doing things, people want to have a bad faith argument with you. And it's it's very annoying. Um, and so what it does, I actually saw something about this on Twitter or TikTok, one of those places, maybe both, where they're talking about how like people are formed. Someone, I think, made a video saying like you can tell if someone's been on Twitter because they're going to formulate their arguments to debunk and refute even the most ridiculous possible <laughs> possible <laughs> version of a counter argument. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. but also, you know, like. And I feel myself doing that from time to time. And it's partially because of the TikTok comments. People will be in those those comments fighting for their lives. Like, like it's like blood thirsty. Like, like this is the Hunger Games. Like, and- are y'all okay? Like, please tell me. Do you need help? Um, that's kind of annoying. Maybe we, we maybe we should get sponsored by BetterHelp on these apps. <laughs> no, like, hey y'all. <laughs> Like, hey, BetterHelp, if you want to sponsor the revolutions, like, (laughs) call us. Add add read right here because y'all need it. I'm going to be honest (laughs) with you. You need it. Um, That's kind of annoying. I'll also say this, though. Like, it's what, like, you know this. It's what makes the videos go far and further. And, like, it's what what kind of catches the algorithmic wave. So it is what it is. I just find it to be. I find the most like bad faith elements of it pretty annoying that people would like if I even say anything about white people. Well, not all white people. I was like, well, of course, not all white people, just the ones who were a lunch mob outside of this young woman's front door. So, House. so how yeah. about that? Right. Like, can we talk about that? Like, well, I agree with you on that one. It's like, I know. I know. Surely. Surely you agree. It's with one it. of the, <laughs> it's one of those things where just like, <sighs> Not all white people, not all Christians, yeah, not all men, right, 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 right. Not all. Uh, I don't know. Some of, I don't know. Someone's probably gonna say not all gay Republicans, and I'm just gonna be like, no. <laughs> Actually, all no, no, no. I'm just kidding. One hundred percent of gay Republicans <laughs> can jump in the gay lake of fire in Puerto Vallarta. That's, That's what I say. I'd say the most enjoyable part. Let me go there. Let's infuse a little positivity into the revolution. I'll say the the most enjoyable part is really the research. I just really enjoy like going down the rabbit hole and be like, wow, like I didn't know this or this detail and like seeing the way all these things are interconnected. That stuff just like gives me the the warm and fuzzies on the inside. Yeah. So you know what I just saw in my mind's eye? You know how Francesca Ramsey had that series with MTV called Decoded? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something in your atmosphere of the same vibe. That means a lot. I'm inspired by her work like a ton. Yeah. So thank you. I mean, because like looking at your, I was just like, oh, because like, yeah, once you, I, 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 I like that. I think that's probably like what triggered it. It was like, oh, a lot of, but like you could go there. Like, and I want that for you. This is, that's love. This is, I appreciate that. Oh, man. So sorry. Keep going. I, <laughs> I interrupted you, I think. No, those, that's a, that was, that was very nice. Thank you. Um, but I, yes, that's exactly. Like, you know, I can name a number of creators who just like I love their work because of the way they 
kind of tie all of these pieces together. Cleo Abram kind of does a little bit of that with her series on YouTube. Of course, like a num- Johnny Harris, a number of people who I just love the way they tie these ideas together. And I think that racism is really something that is deeply infused into the American experience and culture. And I talk about more than just racism, but that idea is really interesting to me because it is really so interconnected with our experiences. Um, And the way those pieces connect um, just fascinates me. I love it. I find out I learn something new through every, through the process of making every video. Often it changes the direction of the video. I recently mm-hmm. wanted to know, I felt like we hadn't made, and I say we as in like kind of the community of like anti-racist creators. I felt like we really hadn't made the the video, the the video on why non-black people shouldn't say the n-word right like i just felt like it wasn't clear it's clear like get me, don't get me wrong like it's very yes, clear yes 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 like, don't say it and it's very obvious why you shouldn't but i wanted to like capture just it. to explain it out for joey rogan like literally for joe like joe you need to understand this but in the process like i kind of just concluded that it kind of came to the conclusion that like because we said so like black people <laughs> said it offends me when you do that. And that should be enough. And in the process of kind of like developing that video, I went down a different rabbit hole of just like how we moved from saying like N-I-G-G-E-R in public to saying, even when quoting someone saying the N-word. And that process just, I mean, like I'm just on fire every day. Like, can you believe that this happened in 1995? Like, I'm so excited and going crazy because I just did not know all of the ways in which like that. I mean, I didn't know before you, before you told me. And so there it is. I was like 95, like Lion King came out in 93, I think. Like, it's like not. It, it, it wasn't that long ago is the point, right? And that type of stuff, I didn't know that. I didn't even go into the research process preparing to make that video. I went in thinking I was going to make something else. And I came out on the other side of the research and said, oh, my goodness, there's this other really, really interesting thing that is actually more interesting than me just saying, like, Black people said, don't say the N-word. So don't say it. Like, that should be enough, right? And, and so like, that's this is I how we got that's here culturally, too. Yeah, right. I think it's fun. I mean, like... Enough said. Also, you're just like you're so like you're so fun and easy. Like you're so fun to watch, if you will. Like just your personality is very captivating. You're good on camera. So like ten out of ten. If you're not following this hoe, what the fuck are you doing? You're probably racist. Oh, I don't have. A if you big don't follow following. Garrison. I don't have oh. enough. Of, I don't have a big enough following for that to be true yet, Kevin. Come on, give them some. <laughs> cut them some slack. They haven't found out about me yet. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a psychopath though. But like I also I accuse people of transphobia and homophobia all the time. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like you don't you can't see this for an hour. Is it because is it because is it because I'm a trans? You're right. And I'll like I'll just I'll have like no makeup on yeah, and like yeah, look yeah. like a total you know, just like it's because I'm trans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um because I think it's funny to make people squirm ever so slightly, but that's because I'm a Scorpio. And um you know, I was I was never fully a pastor, so like my my <laughs> bedside manner is a little different, right? You know, right, right. <laughs> right. I do feel like I love like talking to people like you because I'm like, man, like you're so free and like you just kind of say what you want and do what you want, which is great. And for me, I'm like, I'm I'm thinking a lot of these things, right? Like I'm I'm free in indeed on the inside, but I'm like, well, I got to kind of like moderate what I say because like I need them to hear what I'm saying, right? And like that, you are. You are maintaining your peace. That's all. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. Like that's because that's the thing. I'm just like, takes all types. That we need facts. Yeah. We need the, this is something I think when I was first out of the closet and cutting my teeth in the world, like I was working in community organizing specifically around uh, trying to change evangelical churches like as like like targeting large evangelical churches and trying to mobilize like the queer parent or queer like the queers that are in there, parents of queer children to try and change these church teachings because it's like this is large voting blocks. If we can if we can get these people kind of like reverse young lifing them in a way, 
is like we're going to build mass around this person so they change their mind and then it goes out and gets nice. everybody else. Nice. Didn't work. Okay. I was so self-righteous mm. Mm. and I wanted everyone who had any sort of modicum of a platform to do activism mm -hmm. and faith and whatever the way that I thought it because like this is how we affect change. Don't you want to change the world? Don't you want to mm -hmm. And yes, they did. But again, like just because somebody is gay does not mean they're down for the revolution, baby. You know? Gay gay white men are some of the most racist assholes out there, the most misogynist assholes out there. I'll say it. <laughs> but what I learned in all of this was that I don't need them to change for me to be happy anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't need them to do the right thing for me to do the right thing. And I'm no longer willing to try and drag people where they no longer want to go. I'm so sick of... And this is something like I think is interesting too, like... I'm so sick of talking. I'm so sick of talking about evangelicals. Mm. I'm so mm. sick of talking about their stupid theologies mm -hmm. and their stupid views of their stupid Bible mm -hmm. and their stupid churches and their stupid celebrities. You know why? Because it's stupid. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that word. I know it's probably not saying something stupid. And I apologize and on that. And also, I'm right. <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm so. And, we give them so so much of our attention and our time and our brain function. And even after we left those places, our souls are stuck because our attention is on that which is still trying to kill us. When I, what I envision and what I want, I'm like, let's use this knowledge to get free and then start thinking about something more delicious. Let's start thinking about like a community or not even a community, just how do we become happy again? And, you know, and if that involves, like, if it was like, I miss community, I'm just like, let's take that word off. I need friends. Right. right. Like, fuck weird communities, okay? Right. Can we just, be yeah. oh. Yeah. I can tell my meds are kicking in. Can you tell? <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. I, I felt that even as a pastor, like, one of the first kind of moments where I was like, oh, my goodness, I think I can't, I don't think I can do this for very long. Is that I felt that we were so internal, like it was so much about the church. Like even in my local church, everything we did was for the, you know, perpetuation of that church. It was like, it's about us and what do we like and what do the people who are already here like, right? And I see a lot of that kind of, again, navel gazing and like that idea that like we are thinking about ourselves only kind of thing. I see a lot of that even in like you say, the broader kind of church, even, and I'm going to say something somewhat unpopular here. It's like, I, I don't think that deconstruction is enough, right? Like, like Come I, through. I, it's, Come on, it, I'm ready. I've got canceled last episode because me and Cole Arthur Riley don't like Taylor Swift. So it's <laughs> like, it's not enough. And, and the obsession with deconstruction, I, I think it's a process. Sure. Um, but we cannot actually be successful and live our lives as deconstructed people. We have to construct something and we have to construct some type of identity and belief system. I mean, I I think you have to have a belief system. Maybe you don't. Um, I mean, you, I mean, I think you have one, whether you want to admit exactly, it or not. That's, that's, that's the real point, right? Like that's the real landing place. Yeah. Like you're going to have one. And so being intentional about constructing that and deciding intentionally what's a part of that and what that looks like is actually probably, I'll just say, just as important as deconstructing mm. what you had before. Maybe those aren't two, two like processes. Maybe they're the same process. And when we only focus on deconstruction, we may be unintentionally constructing something in its place that in a few years will be deconstructing. And, and so being intentional about who you want to be, I think it's just an, it's just a very important part of the process. I say all that to say that, like, you know, as you say, like talking about evangelicals, like that can be the thing that can be your that can become your identity is that I don't like evangelicals. And that's not an identity. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it's just not. That's not, that, yes. that, that was probably mean. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. No, me if I'm no. Wrong. 
I I think that you're right on. Like, if your whole personality is based off of dunking on the same people who hurt you, sounds like fan behavior to me. <laughs> right. Right. You know? Right. It's like when somebody on the – it's like a troll on the internet who won't leave me alone. I'm just like, fan behavior. It's like Tucker Carl- Carlson in AOC. It's like, bro, you like her. They just say that, right? Like, you just – you just like, like her. you actually got like you you like her vibe. You just like, like her vibe. she gets you going somehow. <laughs> like otherwise, like something about that that is attractive to you. You get something out of that interaction, or even even your negative attention on something still gives you something. You what something. does it give you? And what does it do? It gets your heart racing. It makes you think that you're doing something. It makes you like and like. The thing is, write everything you want to write, react as much as you want to react, do the things you want to do. And if you still don't have peace at the end of the day, that is data. Respond to it how you will. That's a word. Because I'm not saying you can't do that. Like, I just don't, if, if, if it's bringing you peace, great, keep doing it. If it's not bringing you peace, maybe you should try something else. For Lent, I'm like, I would tell people jokingly, I'm just like, maybe for Lent, you should give up reacting to evangelicalism. <laughs> and I'm like... Literally, the moment I was just like, I just I can't keep doing it. It's one thing to keep yourself in another tweet I saw. God, the wisdom of Twitter, a book, a millennial, a millennial anthropo, what's it called? When there's a anthology, anthology, yes, that's the word. I almost got a a millennial anthropology. I'm just like, (laughs) which is just the store, by the way. (laughs) A millennial anthropology is just the store. Yeah. But like, it was just like, there's a difference between keeping yourself informed and binging on the things that are causing your heart to palpitate because you, th- your ego mind has somehow tricked you into thinking that this is what's going to keep you safe. And really, that's just a trauma response mm. of, I have to make sure I know about every fucking danger mm-hmm. to keep myself safe. Recognize that if you're at home on your phone in America you're likely a lot safer than you think you are. Mm. Take a breath. It's a hard oh. pill. That's a hard pill, but it's true. Mm. And I, it's, I say that all because I just want us to be happy. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. I have five cues that I ask every person, kind of wrap things up. It's not quite rapid fire, but you can make it rapid fire. Um, it's just five one things. Okay. Five one things. So what is one thing you like about yourself? Um, I think I explain things well. Agreed. 100%. You've got great self-perception. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what's one thing that you're super proud of? I am super proud of my wife's work. I'm very proud of her for that and what she what she does. I think she's doing great work. She's an attorney. She's a domestic violence prosecutor, actually. So she's getting the, yeah. the bad guys out of bad relationships, guys and girls. But she's getting the bad people out of out of bad relationships. It's very good work. Yeah, the actual, not the baddies, but the bad guys. The bad ones for real. Um, what's something that really pisses you off, or is like a pet peeve of yours? Hmm, big or small. Hmm. <laughs> This is very Atlanta of me, but the people who drive slow in the fast lane, get out of the way. Oh, get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the oh way. Oh my God. Come on. 285. Come on. Be just correct. If you're trying to get if you're trying to get off on that one fucking no, exit, one. Just, that's the only excuse. And it's also like it's two miles long. The thing is, like, people like they think you gotta start all the way back at Georgia Tech <laughs> to get in that line. No. Right. Get in the left lane or get out of the way yeah. and then oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I feel so seen. So many on so many levels today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's something what's one thing you're really committed to? This is interesting. I'm I'm thinking of like a number of things. So I'm gonna choose the one. I want to make sure I'm choosing the one that's truest. And so I'm just gonna say being honest. Um being yes. being honest is very important to me. And I'm on that journey constantly. So Maybe it's the Enneagram four in me, but I'm very uh, committed to to honesty. Can I tell you, this is how I knew, this this, this just confirms and seals it because I'm an eight. Okay. I love being an eight so much. Yeah. Fours and eights have a weird affinity for each other. It's true. Because it's, it's like eights have trouble feeling and who better to teach them about feeling than someone who can't stop feeling and who better to teach somebody about getting shit done than someone who can't stop getting shit done. You know, 
We're the perfect. We're a match made in hell. <laughs> um, when when we're unhealthy, right? When, when healthy, incredible things can happen. It's true. It's very true. I like that. What is one thing you want to do before you die? A little bucket list. A little bucket list. Um. So I'm I'm thinking a lot about legacy these days with my dad and stuff, and I really want to. I don't know. I don't know if this really counts, but I want to leave something behind that like my kids kids can be proud of and and I, I think in a lot of ways that kind of like kind of translates to like money or some like right like that it kind of feels like that's what but like i'd love for my great grandchildren or even great great grandchildren to be able to let's like google me right like i that means something to me like i i'm really into ancestry and i guess all of this is interconnected with my dad's passing um, because I would call him and ask him all kinds of questions about my grandfather and if he ever met his grandfather and all these things. Um, and I would love to just be able to look them up um, and learn things about who they really were and what they thought and all of that. So that's what I want to do. Is that does that answer your question? Like, I just want I want to my later generations, if the world isn't completely <laughs> a, a desert by that point, right? Like, I want them to be able to like learn things about me and feel maybe inspired or to, you know, that kind of thing. That's important to me. Mm. I'm going to say two things. That is, I understand what you are saying. And also that is the most Enneagram four shit I've ever heard <laughs> in my goddamn life. <laughs> what? When I one thing I want to do before I die is to be remembered forever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which like, oh no, my. but like that's like I I I empathize and I say yes because it's the same thing with me. It's just like I want people to, I want my 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 whoever's after me, right. my nieces and my nephews, like crazy Uncle Kevin. Like, right. I want the New York Times to write my obituary. Right. Like oh no, oh no, oh no. Listen, I wouldn't mind. Like right, like. Here's the thing. I make no illusions about the fact that I would like to be famous. I want, I'm talking JVN famous. I'm talking, I want to be friends with Brandy Carlisle and Elton John. Like I want, I want to be on that Oprah level shit. That's, That's where I want to be. That's name recognition. That's, and I'm, and I, and I say that because when I get on that level and I am that rich, do you know how much debt we're going to be getting out of? I love that. I have, I have this dream once I'm out of debt and I start making a lot of money, it's going to be like, oh, I need $25,000 for top surgery. I'm like, <laughs> what's <laughs> right, your PayPal? Right, right, right. Or it's going to be like, hey, I need to pay rent. Great. It's like, Got you. This excite, like, <sighs> that to me, oh my God. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful vision. It's thrilling to the point where it fills me with tears. Mm. <sighs> okay. We got to go because we're over time. Yeah. I just like, I like you so much. And if you are ever in the Atlanta area, please come by. I have a guest room and I'd love to cook you dinner. That's awesome. And be friends with you in real life. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. just a sweet, sweet man. Let's be friends in real life. I appreciate you yeah. inviting me on. Thank you. Yeah. Will you please, before we click the end button, say where people can find you on the internet, where people can give you money, etc. Okay. Um, you can find me on the internet at Garrison Hayes on TikTok, at Garrison H on Instagram. But on either of those two places, there's a link in my bio and you can connect to all of the other things. Um, and I don't know, I guess if you want- Any proyectos to- you want to promote as well? Um, that means projects in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do have a Substack that I'm slowly building and writing things on. And it's a little bit of me and a little bit of anti-racism and a little bit of justice and current events. And so you can find that in the link in my bio. So um, come by, follow. I'd love to be able to share my thoughts, um, workshop my thoughts with you um, through the newsletter. Mm-hmm. That's that's the only thing I, I have right now. Hell yeah. Thank you for coming and being with me and being... Someone who's an excellent conversation partner, I must say. Thank you, Kevin. You too. That was my conversation with Garrison Hayes. Please be sure to follow Garrison across the internet at Garrison H. 
That is G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N-H. That's on TikTok and Instagram. And he's also got a Patreon and also a fabulous mailing list. So please don't skimp on all that. Uh, Yeah, let's wrap up this show. I had a lovely time today. Thank you for hanging out with me. As per usual, this podcast is supported by the amazing humans at The Crowded Table, which is the online social club that I host, where we are trying to figure out how to do spirituality a little bit differently. We're like, I don't want to say that I'm in my flop era right now, but I'm kind of in my flop era trying to figure out what is going to feel good for this community. And uh, we haven't quite landed on anything quite yet. We're trying to find some sort of regular meetings. I'm leaning towards maybe new and full moon situations, but then the new and full moon always like fucks us up. So like, I don't know. Uh, Let's ask ourselves. Let's, if you want, if you're interested in joining spiritual community, like that's something that's not the church that people can understand your trauma and where you're coming from, go to thecrowdedtable.mn.co. Join us there. You can join for as little as $7 and you can join free for a week to see if it's your vibe. But I really would love to hear from you what you're looking for in spiritual community. So check that out. And yeah, that's all for me. Thanks for listening to another episode of A Tiny Revolution. And until next time, take your meds, call your person, shake your ass a little bit, eat something delicious, and um, make sure you touch a dog, like pet a good dog, and like maybe like throw the stick for the dog, which is what I'm going to do in just a second, which is what my tippy, my little tippy canoe, is asking me to do. <laughs> all right. I love y'all. See you later. Bye bye.